I knew that if I did not give myself a deadline, that it was not going to happen. I loved my job. Um, I clearly, I love what I do. Like I, I left what I was doing and just am now doing it over here. I was getting frustrated. There was a burning inside of me that wanted something more, something that I could own, something that could be mine and something that would allow me to really um, empower and help other people that could really benefit from it. Welcome to episode 50 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today, you are going to hear from my friend, Cyan. I met Cyan years ago in South Florida at a networking event, and she's going to talk about two things that are very, very cool that I think you'll get a lot out of. One is that she was working full-time in her business when she started side hustling, and she set a goal one day. She said in nine months... I am going to take this side hustle full time. So she spent almost a year building her business on the side to take it full time. I feel like this is something a lot of people don't do or they end up staying in their job too long because they're afraid to go full time with their side hustle or they do the opposite and they quit their job and their side hustle is not established enough to be a full time gig. So she's going to talk to us about that, and then she's also going to talk to us about branding, because that is what Cyan does, and branding is so much more than, I like this color, and I like this font, so that's what we're going to go with. And she's going to tell you why it is so much more than that, and how practicing what she preached help build her business. So here is my friend, Cyan. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Cyan, thanks for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I'm really excited and honored to be here. I'm super excited to talk to you because I feel like a lot of people listening can relate to you. You were doing some marketing things in your full-time job, and then you made a decision that you were going to exit that job and turn your side hustle into a full-time job. And I actually knew you throughout the entire process. I met you. Where did we meet? Was it a blogging event, a local blogging event? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we met at like a local blogging meetup, which I meet like the best people at those, hence you. And you were working full time and you were side hustling then, correct? Or were you just kind of like dabbling in website stuff and branding stuff for your own or for your client? And then you kind of started getting customers and I want to hear all about it. Like I want to hear your story and I want you to kind of teach us how you did this through your story because I think a lot of the listeners would relate. So tell us what you were doing full time and then how you kind of started the side hustle. I'm not sure exactly like how long ago we met and at what point in the journey I was in, but I'll just kind of bring it back a little bit. I um, have done eight years of corporate marketing and that included working in like IT B2B type businesses. Um, So more focusing on C-level executives in our marketing efforts and more event-based. And then I left and worked for an ad agency where I got to do the account management side of it. Um, And it really opened up my eyes to a lot more like retail type marketing with billboard ads and Pandora spots and radio spots. Um, So I really have quite like a mixture of um, traditional media marketing as well as social media marketing because around that time is when 
Facebook and Twitter and all of the wonderful social platforms that we know and love and use almost every day um, started to come to the scene. So we started to implement social media marketing strategies back then. Um, and I got to do some really cool things because I worked with the Jacksonville Jaguars um, for their marketing efforts. So I really just got a lot of experience in the corporate marketing gig and um, then left that and went over to a lighting retail company, which that is at some point when I met you, Christina, and I was starting to dream of the side hustle. And I did all of this for, I did the um, lighting retail company for like three years. And to kind of go back at the IT company, I had started and bought simplycyan.com back then, thinking that it was going to be a Simply Cyan event planning and design. Um, but I knew I did not want to do wedding planning. I wanted to do like corporate event, um, corporate events. So I thought that's what I was going to do. That turned into kind of like a lifestyle blog. Um, and it just really started tracking the journey of what we were doing around the house. And, um, then I got engaged and wedding stuff and there was really no rhyme or reason. And I wasn't very consistent. It was just kind of there. And it was a fun place to kind of have a creative outlet, um, when I needed it from what I was doing in my corporate gig. So fast forward a little bit, I started to take that a little bit more seriously and I started to blog much more frequently, but still on the lifestyle side. Um, I didn't really have like a vision for what I wanted, wanted it to be, but I, I was being more serious about it. Um, and I was meeting a lot of really awesome creative people in the industry who then started asking a ton of like marketing questions that I was just constantly raising my hand and saying, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. And providing a lot of advice on how to help them market and brand their business. And that's where kind of the idea and the seed of really going out on my own started to form and take place. Um, and right about the time that I, I say I whispered it um, to my husband that, like, I think I need to focus my blogging efforts on marketing and helpful information that other business owners can implement. Right when I whispered that to him, my very first client reached out to me and said, hey, I know you don't offer website and branding design, but is that something that you can help me with? And that was pretty much the start of Simply Cyan and my journey to taking my side hustle full time and leaving that corporate salary and saying sayonara. So. Okay. So let's go back to that first person who asked you that. At this time, you weren't really thinking of, you know, like getting clients. This client kind of came to you because you were putting yourself out there. You were sharing your knowledge. At this point, you kind of tweaked the lifestyle blog to more of a business blog, but with some lifestyle stuff because um, yep. it's good to see both sides. So this person came to you and you were working full time when this person came to you. Yes. So tell me like what happened? Like how did that evolve? And how did this person find out about you? Like, did they tell you, oh, I saw you at an event or how did it all happen? So at the time I was attending um, the, lo the local Tuesdays Together um, meetups in Fort Lauderdale. And that is part of the Rising Tide Society's larger umbrella. And they have local meetups in tons of cities. They're like now made up of 70,000 creatives on Facebook um, within their group. So I was attending those meetups because... Um, I did do like actually a short little stint working for another creative individual um, before I moved over to that lighting retail company. So she had shared that creative community with me and it was something that I wanted and something that I was lacking, um, especially since I had just moved back down to South Florida. So I, eager I eagerly joined them, 
um, and was meeting up with them. And that's how I started to form that relationship. So my very first client, we had met multiple times. We had chit chatted um, a lot of conversations around branding and marketing and website design would come up during these these meetups. Um, and I guess I was just constantly raising my hand and I didn't even realize what I was doing at the time. I was just showing up, um, basically establishing myself as an expert that I was knowledge knowledgeable in what they needed help with. Um, and then over time people started to ask like, well, Hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And I was always very eager and willing to jump in and help them as I could because they really needed it. These are people who are, you know, entrepreneurs who are just starting out, who don't know exactly how to do all these things that I have a lot of experience doing. Okay, perfect. So then she asks you for some branding help and website help. And at this point, like you don't have services or a website or price points or anything. So like, what did you do? Um, I did what everyone tells you not to do. And I just gave my like best guess of like, this is how much this should cost. And I mean, to be very transparent, I offered it for a thousand dollars. And like, that is so undercutting that industry and undercutting like what a brand designer does and what a web designer does. But I didn't really know any better. And I kind of needed that validation and that confidence to see that people were willing to pay me even, you know, a thousand dollars, um, before I was able to truly raise my prices and step into that role. So Diane, I did the exact same thing. Like when I started <laughs> yeah. my own business, I was really undervaluing myself. I mean, to give you an idea of how bad it was, I have the, let me tell you this, the national cost, the average cost of national PR is $6,000 a month. I charged a client $1,500 a month, which is well below the national average, $1,500 a month. And in three months of working with them, I got them in men's fitness, women's running, the Washington Post, the Chicago Tribune, local TV in Washington, D.C., which is a top 10 market, the Today Show, and so many more in three months for $1,500 a month. Like people pay tens of thousands of dollars for that. But from that, I had lots of success stories to share. So I could raise my prices to something that's more freaking normal in the industry <laughs> and get more people into my pipeline to build my business. Because I think when you are starting, like everybody says, oh, don't do it, but you have to start somewhere and you have to make money and you need those success stories. And somebody like you, you need those, that, that material for your portfolio. You have to show people work you've done before. So it really is a way to like get your foot in the door. So I don't Absolutely. think people should beat themselves up about that. I totally agree. I think that we all have to start somewhere. And I think that if we're going to try to charge a something that we're not comfortable charging, we're not going to be comfortable talking about it either. We're not going to be comfortable asking for it. So I think that's where that confidence comes from. Like, so there's a piece of it that's building the portfolio, but then the other piece that says, I know that I'm worth it. And I'm comfortable stating that, um, that comes with the process of just you know, working through taking it from the side hustle to actually taking it full time. Okay. So you have this first client, you charge her a thousand bucks and what did you do for her? And then what happened next? So we did branding and website design. Um, Break not down both, branding. I feel like okay. that's like one of those words where it's like, what does that mean? Absolutely. Um, and so many people confuse branding and graphic design work. Um, thinking that it's one and the same. And 
to just kind of clarify, graphic designer is just focusing on the graphic elements. Brand strategist is focusing on your core values, your vision, your mission, who your target audience is, all of the um, softer side of your business foundation. Um, and then you have some brand designers or brand strategists who do both. So I think it's really important to know that there is a difference between hiring a brand strategist who only does the foundational pieces or a graphic designer who only does the graphic elements and then someone who obviously does both of them. Um, so I do both and I go through and we identify who that target audience is, who it is that you want to work with. And for people that are just starting off, it's really hard to identify this first step. Um, you may have an idea of who that target audience is, but the further along in your business that you are, that defined ideal client becomes more defined. Um, and that's, you can only get there through trial and error, identifying who that person really is that values your service and really needs what you need, um, or what you're offering. Okay. So, um, we work through identifying the core values of your brand, um, your purpose, your mission, your vision. We even go through brand archetypes, which are basically 12 different personality types that everyone possesses. Um, there are just ones that we carry further. So we, we take it and we look at who it is that you're talking to and where your brand overlaps with that and what archetypes or personality types best align with those two. So that's going to help kind of inform your brand voice and your brand personality. Okay. I like it. And this is something that I feel like people skip. This is a step that yes. they skip. Okay. <laughs> why do they yes. skip it and why should they not? Um, people skip it because sometimes they just don't know, especially when they're just starting out. It's really hard to define those things. So in my first year last year, I was like, I'm not going to try to get all of that done for my business. Even though I'm a brand strategist, that's not where my time is best spent because I don't have the data to help me kind of form who I'm talking to. Now I knew that I knew the surface level. I knew that I'm talking to creative business owners, small business owners who are in their second to fifth year of business. Um, but that's still pretty broad. Um, you know, obviously you want to narrow that down. So I think that's why a lot of people skip it is when they're first starting off, it's really hard to identify that layer. Um, so they need to kind of do that in their second, third, fourth layer, um, or fourth year in. And then, um, people, most people think that branding is the graphic visual element side of it. And while those definitely have to align the piece that they miss, if they don't do that work on the foundational um, side, is that your brand is made up of a lot of emotions and those emotions need to be aligned to that target audience that you're trying to work with. So um, making sure that you pick the right fonts, the right colors, the right imagery that aligns with the type of emotions that you want your client to feel when they're working with you or having an experience with you is really important in the brand visual aspect. But you can't really define that unless you have the foundational pieces there. So a lot of people will just pick brand colors and brand fonts that speak to themselves as a business owner. But that's a problem because you're not trying to market to yourself. You're trying to market to the ideal client who may overlap part of like who you are with your core values and everything, but they have different needs and wants and fears. And you're trying to talk to those fears, needs, wants, and everything else, not your own. So that's a big problem that I see with a lot of business owners just starting out is they're trying to build a brand based on who they are without ever thinking about who their ideal client is. 
I love that. Okay. I usually say this till the end, but I feel like right now we all know that we need help with branding. So (laughs) you have a freebie for us. Like, let's just get that out of the way right now. And I'm going to put this in the show notes for this episode. So if you're driving or you're working out, don't worry, you can click back um, on the show notes in this episode or see it on the blog. But Cyan, where can people go to get, is it a cheat sheet? What is it you have for them? I have a brand audit checklist. It's a, um, quick little guide to kind of help you step through how you can make sure that your branding is on track across all different touch points um, from who your ideal client is to making sure that it is looking consistent and cohesive across the board from website design, social media, and all of those wonderful things. So it is a brand audit checklist and you can get it at simply cyan. That's cyan, just like Diane, but with an S instead of a D. So S I A N N E.com forward slash media dash maven. Yeah. Simply cyan.com slash media dash maven. Cyan's cool because she has a cool name. She's not just a cool (laughs) person, but she has a really cool name. Um, And Cyan, something I want you to talk about because I think it's like so cool is you start this side hustle, you get that first client. Tell me how you got more. And then what I really want you to get into is like your plan to leave your nine to five. Recently, we heard from um, Jill Stanton from Screw the Nine to Five um, in a previous podcast episode. And you like planned so well. (laughs) You're like, you were like, I mean, it's like me recording these podcasts, girl. It was like bashed, like months ahead of time. You knew when you were leaving and you were preparing. But before you tell me that story, I want you to tell me how you got from one client to many, to where you felt comfortable leaving, because that's a scary thing. And we both have very different leave the nine to five stories. So I want to hear yours. It was a very scary transition, but I will start with your original question, which is how did I start to grow the business um, to make that transition um, into full time? And after I got client number one, because I was networking within these creative communities, Um, It kind of spread like wildfire. Once we started talking about the fact that I was working with client number one, client number two came knocking on my door and she's like, oh, you offer this? Great. I need help with X, Y, Z. How did that client knock on your door? Um, She was also part of one of the the creative um, community meetups that I was attending. And I think one of the times that we were at the meetup, she had said, hey, I want to work with you. I realize now that you do this. I need help with my branding and with my website design. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you actually have to get off your computer and go out in public and see people and talk to them, which is how we met, by the way. Okay. Exactly. So you have to go out in public. I know sometimes we don't want to do it. It's easy to shop on Amazon, but go out in public and meet with like-minded people. Yes. Um, uh, Every time that I have put myself out there um, in situations like this where I'm attending networking groups that I don't know anyone, I always meet the most amazing people like Christina. So, hi. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So you're networking, you're doing good work and you're still working full time. So are you doing this at nights and on the weekends, I would assume? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Girl, that side hustle was real. I was up at like Mm -hmm. 5am every morning at my desk, cranking out work, then going into the office by 9 a.m., working my full-time gig, which for anyone that says nine to five, like I, my role as a corporate marketing person was not nine to five. Never <laughs> is. Like, dear Lord, nine, I don't even know why people say nine to five anymore. Whoever works nine to five, like if yeah. that's really what you work, then freaking keep that job forever. Don't even think about being an entrepreneur because you got the best schedule ever. Exactly. So, I mean, 
already crazy chaotic schedules. We do run like being in the marketing world, we're running on ad deadlines. We are working with the agency to make sure that things are being delivered and met because we had full robust marketing strategy plans that I oversaw. So my life was already crazy working that full-time gig. And then I was just working nights, weekends and everything in between to make my side hustle a reality. And disclaimer, like I had a lot of friends at the time who were just like, I don't understand why you can't make time for me. And I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I am trying to make a go at this. Like, I really want this to happen. So I can't prioritize friendships over this right now. Not saying that that's the best thing, but that's what it takes sometimes. No, it is what it is. And you know what I think is good about this point? Because I mean, same thing. I was side hustling. It was nights and weekends. It was during the lunch break. Like it is a hustle, but at the beginning of the hustle, you're so excited to do it that you like want to do it. It's not like work you don't want to do. You enjoy working 24-7. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. And then, I don't know about you, but then I got to the point a couple years into it and I was like, this sucks. I don't want to work 24-7. Um, but I wasn't working smart. I was working hard, but I wasn't working smart. Um and that's another conversation for another day. But then I started building a team and now I like what I do again. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you are hustling hard while you're working full time. How long? I mean, you did it for a bit. I did. Um, so this transpired in December of 2017 um, was when I landed my first client. We started in Jan 1 of 20. Sorry, I'm saying the wrong dates. So this was December of 2016. I was going to uh, say, I knew it was. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long dates here. Um, December of 2016, Jan of 2017, I started working on the side hustle and um, started getting those clients. And I know this sounds really crazy, but I think by March or April, I walked into my boss's office and we had a really great relationship and he was very supportive. So I couldn't have been in a better place. Um, I walked in and said, I'm doing the side hustle thing. I'm really loving it. I want to take it full time by the end of the year. So by the end of the year, I won't be here. I don't know firm dates at this point, but this is my plan. Okay. You did this in March? I did this in March. People, that is a <laughs> nine month notice. Like that is nine months. She decided she was going to leave her job. Like that planning was insane. My planning was legit a day because I told my boss he was a sociopath. <laughs> which I don't, after watching like Dirty John and the tapes of Ted Bundy, I don't think he was a sociopath. He was, however, 100% a pathological liar. And I literally decided in a day and then I was a little freaked out because I wasn't planning. I just had the side hustle. Like why nine months? And what did you do during those nine months? I am like so fascinated <laughs> by your patience and your planning. I knew that if I did not give myself a deadline, that it was not going to happen. I loved my job. Um, I clearly I love what I do. Like I, I left what I was doing and just am now doing it over here. I was getting frustrated. Um, didn't mean that I walked in every day hating it. I wasn't one of those people that like would walk into work hating every single moment of it. That was not the case at all. I actually really loved what I did. I loved the people that I worked with. I just knew that there was a burning inside of me that wanted something more, something that I could own, something that could be mine, and something that would allow me to really um, empower and help other people that could really benefit from it. Whereas, you know, large companies, they're not benefiting from what I'm doing. Um, at least not the same way. So that was my desire and my plan. And I knew that the only way that I could make that happen was I needed to verbalize and put it out there that I, this, I'm not going to be around, um, you know, past this 
this year. And did you have um, a financial goal? Like, were you like, I need to make this much money a month by this time to like comfortably leave? I did. I, um, being overzealous, wanted to make exactly what I made in my full-time marketing gig in my side hustle, um, which I did not do in my first year while I was side hustling because I would have had to work really, really smart <laughs> um, and not hard to, to make that happen. Um, I would have needed to optimize and streamline things in order to bring in that type of revenue um, just because I'm a service-based provider. Like it's direct correlation of hours in and money or money in and hours out. Right. Um, so it's not as easily scalable, um, to be a one-on-one -on -one service provider and also work a nine to five and like make that same type of income. Like in your defense and in my defense, I'm going to defend myself here at the very beginning, it's hard to work smart because you don't know the difference between working hard and working smart. Because when you have a job, you just go to work and you do what you're told. And that's just working. Like it's the easiest thing in the world. But when you start a business, you do what you think you're supposed to do. I think the only people who can start a business and start working smart from like the very beginning are people who invest in coaches or mentors who have been there and done that. And then yep. you skip the whole trial and error and you skip the hard work, the stuff you think you should do versus the stuff that you really should do. Mm -hmm. to build your business. So I think we all did that where we were working hard, but we weren't working smart. And then we live and we learn and then we invest in our business and then we learn how to work smart. Absolutely. But I like that you still left, even though you weren't making your money goal. Yes. So what we did um, was we took that year of side hustle as my validation year. I saw that I was getting business. I had business every month. Um, I obviously couldn't scale it to what I could do when I was full-time focusing on it like I did last year. But while doing the side hustle thing, I was booked out every single month. So that to me was my validation. And, you know, obviously I know that you're um, huge with Pat Flynn. So it's kind of that same principle of will it fly? Yes. This was my validation period that allowed me and showed me, yes, it will fly. Yes, this will work for you. So um, we kind of buckled down and we said, all right, we're going to project. And I know this <laughs> um, also sounds a little odd. We projected $0 for my full-time year in business or my first year full-time in business. Um, only because it was so wishy-washy, I had really no data to say, this is how much money I'm going to make looking at my first year going into it um, all in. So do you, well, how could you have no data if you've been doing it for like a year? Are you saying that because it was a side hustle for a year? So you were like, correct. I don't know what it would be full-time because it's just a side hustle. Correct. Okay. So I, and remember I wasn't charging what I was worth. I wasn't, so going into 2018, I reevaluated my packages. I shifted everything. So now things were different. And I knew that bookings were going to slow down a little bit because I also raised my prices. But now I'm focusing on quality over quantity. Um, but in that, we just really didn't know. So we kind of shifted our model and our plan financially for our home. So that way I could bring in $0 and not have the pressure of, needing to rely on my money in order to survive. That's so nice. Is that like a weight off your shoulders? It was. Um, and I really have to give props to my husband, Michael, because he was so adamant about making sure that we structured it in that way. He's like, I don't want you to feel so burned out or resent 
going full time in your own business before you even get started. That's amazing. That's amazing mm-hmm. because it's so hard. My husband's very supportive. Sometimes I say he's very supportive and sometimes I say he just doesn't care, which <laughs> which I think is better than the alternative because I've seen and saying I don't know if you've seen this either but or seen this too, but I've seen like women in business and they call. I understand talking things through with your significant other ladies. But when people call and ask permission and they say it like that, like, let me ask my husband, like, no, we don't do that. We don't do that today. So like my husband, I've never asked him permission to do anything with my business. Yes, we've had discussions about things. And when I say he's supportive, I mean, he's just like, yeah, do what you want. Like, it's really like he just doesn't care about the money I spend or what I do. But that's nice that you have a husband who's like supportive and he wants you to succeed and he doesn't want you to get burnt out or be miserable in the process because there's lots of people who are in situations where they like obey their husband if their husband Mm -hmm. doesn't want them to do it. No, I'm very, very fortunate for the role that Michael plays in supporting me um, as his wife and then, you know, in the business aspect as well because he does support the business. Um, we have brought him on in different ways to help from more of a technical standpoint. He still has his full-time, you know, gig. He's not looking to, to leave that, but there are aspects where I think he's just better fit to support our clients. And I'd much rather him spend that time there and me focus on the things that I can really serve my clients doing. Um, so he's been able to support me in, in that way and kind of helped me shape the mindset of going into my first year of business of we're not going to put that pressure on you. I want you to thrive and I want you to build and serve your clients well without the, the financial burden of you have to make X amount of money. And I realized not everyone is in that situation. We shifted things around to accommodate that. Um, and we were, you know, we were able to make it happen. So I'm really, really grateful for that. I love that, but I'm going to guess you didn't make $0 in two thousand. <laughs> no, I almost matched my full-time salary. That's amazing. And you did it like working from where you wanted, wearing whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted to work, not getting vacation days approved and all of that. Yeah. Did you do anything different in 2018? Like since you switched from side hustle to full-time, like what were the biggest changes in what you did to be so successful in 2018? Okay. So I'm going to back up real quick because I think a lot of what I did in 2017 while I was doing the side hustle helped build the foundation for what 2018 brought in. Makes sense. Um, so I blogged every single week. Once I made that decision to ditch the lifestyle blog and really lean into being a marketing and branding strategist and offering that for creative um, business owners, I started blogging helpful content that could help other people, the people reading it, um, implement marketing and branding strategies within their business. That did a couple of things for me. One, it set me up as the expert um, where I established the, the trust factor with people. Um, I was already establishing the no factor by putting myself out there and communicating um, and networking and doing all of that. I increased the events that I went to as well. Um, so I went to more conferences last year. We I went, went to one lot. together, my dear. We did. I went to blog her and I got to spend the entire week with Christina. It was lovely. Lovely. And the family and the family. Like my kids are like, where's Cyan? We want to see Cyan. Where's Cyan? We, we really need to plan another trip or get together because it was so much fun hanging out with them. They're so adorable. Oh my gosh. And it was so funny because we're hanging by the pool and then like you walked away. And I think I told you, my husband said this like, oh, that's so nice. You met a friend. 
And I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, he thought you and I, like, we just met and we were like, like, we totally connected and now we're hanging out. I'm like, honey, I know her. <laughs> like, she lives down the road. Because at the time you did. Yeah, I know. And when you told me that, I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> okay, so you were being social. I was being social. I was putting myself out there. Um, and I was really just you know, hitting all the no like and trust factor pieces. Um, I don't have more than 1500 followers on social media. So it's not like I blew up on social. Um, I was just showing up every week or daily on social media and positioning myself as an authority, sharing helpful information that was relevant to my target audience. Um, and I just kept doing that. I did that all through 2017 while I, I was validating it during that side hustle period. And then in 2018, um, it just kind of continued to grow and flourish because people now knew exactly who I was. Um, people were referring me. Um, so I had a lot of word of mouth, but it was because I was speaking about it on social media, because I was providing helpful content on the blog that people that I didn't even work with were recommending me to their friends to do one-on-one -on -one services with because they knew that that was something that I was offering. Got it. Very cool. Okay. So you yeah. did all of that. You were like paving the way, getting ready. I mean, and I think that's good that you had, you know, you're like your nine months prep because you knew you were going full time. So you had everything to do. And then in 2018, you just executed everything. I did. I executed and then some. Um, so I was really, really pleased with how 2018 ended and what I was able to do in my first year full time. Um, and then I don't mean to say this to brag, but like entering my second year of business, I've matched last year's income already with my contracts that I have on file for this year. That is freaking amazing. And at the time of this recording, we're like <laughs> very early in the year, people. I'm a bachelor, so that's why we're saying this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like this episode's coming out in July. Let me tell you, we are nowhere near July. So Cyan <laughs> is doing good. Um, yeah. And I, what I love about what you do and what you've done for yourself is you practice what you preach. Like, I am very, very big on this. Like, I feel like if I'm going to tell you how to be on TV, then I should be on TV at least once a month, locally and nationally. So I do that. You're teaching people how to brand themselves so people come to them. You have done an excellent job of branding yourself so people come to you. So you, like, know what you're talking about. So many people, they buy these things because, you know, somebody is an affiliate for a product or somebody's got good marketing copy, but the person selling the stuff, like they don't practice what they preach and then they get disappointed in what they end up getting. So like you have to work with people who practice what they preach and they're successful in their industry because they have done what they're teaching you to become successful. And that is exactly what you have done, which I love. So everybody, you need to go to simplycyan.com slash media dash maven to get your hands on that brand audit checklist. Before we go, Cyan, because I feel like a lot of my listeners are in a position where you were working full-time with a side hustle and they want to leave, but they're scared. So what do you say to them? Lean into it. Do it. Plan or jump. Whatever works for you. Some people work on that um, under pressure like that and other people like myself are <laughs> more planners and need to like put it out there and, um, you know, work towards that date. So I say just do it, but more than just do it, 
um, start talking about it, start putting yourself out there, start positioning yourself as an authority. Um, and then think about what your clients, whoever they may be really need and focus in on that in your, all of your messaging. Love it. You can't, people can't do business with you if they don't know about you people. So like exactly. go out in public and tell them what you do. Thank yep. you so much, Cyan. You're amazing. Thank you, Christina, for having me. No problem. Oh, and before we go, I have to tell y'all, you can't see her, but <laughs> let me tell you how on brand this woman is. The door and the wall in her office are her brand colors and it is beautiful. Just had to throw that out there. You can see all of our home renovations with the beautiful branded office on Instagram, um, which is at Simply Cyan, um, where we love to share what we're doing with our home because everyone is always like, it looks so beautiful. Because it is. Yeah. I'm going to leave your Instagram handle in the show notes for this episode because I was very invested in the home <laughs> renovation myself. <laughs> And it's I mean, on brand. So it's all relative, people. It, it is. And it's funny how many people are invested. You're not the only one. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Thank you, Cyan. Thanks, Christina. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have not already, please tap that subscribe button and leave me a rating or a review. It helps me out a lot. It lets Apple Podcasts know or Spotify know or Stitcher know or Google Play know, whatever whatever you're listening on, that you like my podcast and you want to come back for more next week. And you totally should come back for more next week because next week I am talking to Jennifer Dawn, who has built an amazing successful business. And now she is teaching other people how to do the same. I'll see you next week.